What I realized is that everything is content. So whether it's like the lipstick I'm wearing, the mug that I'm pouring coffee in, things like that, where I think it's just regular life stuff, people want to know because people want to make their lives better. You are listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, I sit down with brand influencer and entrepreneur, Maddie James. She says that influence comes with responsibility. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to Redefining Wealth. I am so pumped up and refreshed and rejuvenated from my weekend at the Bliss Project by Lori Harder down in Newport Beach, California. Shout out to Lori. Shout out to the five to 600 women that were in that room. What an amazing experience. And I'm so grateful that I had an opportunity to rock the stage there. Oh my gosh. I truly believe it was one of the best talks I've ever given. I felt so at home in that room and there is just nothing like that. So if you are at the Bliss Project and you are now listening to Redefining Wealth, welcome. And if you don't know what I'm talking about and you're new here, (laughs) welcome to you as well. Here's what you need to know. Here at Redefining Wealth, we believe that wealth is more than money and material possessions. It is our belief that wealth is truly about the condition of well-being. And so we attempt every week to unpack that. And we do that by exploring six pillars of wealth, what I call the six pillars of wealth. And if you want to know all about those, I really encourage you to get in that podcast app that you're using and go all the way back to the beginning, just so you have a foundation of what we're talking about here. Now, you are just in time for what I am calling the Powerful Woman Month, because this is, of course, Women's History Month. And I thought that I would highlight some dynamic women that I really admire um, personally, professionally. And I really wanted to introduce you to some of the ideas and concepts that I have learned from them over time. And so I am kicking off today with no other than Maddie James, a brilliant woman who I have watched for some time now. We've definitely met, but we've cheered for each other in social media for years. And so it's so funny. I was listening to the episode again, and I think it is so just divine that she and I end up talking about giving ourselves permission, which was the theme of Bliss Project this past weekend. So how cool is that? It couldn't have worked out any better. So without further ado, let me tell you a little about Maddie James. In 2015, Maddie started blogging full-time after being let go from her quote-unquote good job. In 2017, she ended Maddieology and started MaddieJames.com, where she has worked with brands like TJ Maxx, Johnson's, State Farm, and Olay as an influencer while successfully launching online resources and classes as an entrepreneur. And it doesn't say this in the bio, but I definitely have seen her on television in commercials as well. I'm just going to throw that out there. Maddie currently resides in Atlanta with her husband, Chris, and daughters, Mesa and Callie. Without further ado, listen into this phenomenal episode with no other than Maddie James. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast, Maddie. Thank you so much, Patrice. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited. So 
I have to tell the truth, you guys. We've already had 15 minutes of good girlfriend conversation. <laughs> and then it dawned on me, perhaps I should start recording. That would be helpful to the right. audience. That would good. <laughs> I'm so excited. So, I mean, I've really been... Now, I don't know if you remember this. Do you know that we met years ago at a networking event? I do actually remember that. I don't remember what event it was, but I absolutely remember um, meeting you. You know, there's just some people that you meet that just kind of stay on your your spirit, right? Where it's like, man, I, I did not expect to meet them, but that was refreshing and enlightening for sure. Yeah, I'm like, man. And then, you know, you, you kind of watch people from a distance over time. And right. I've had the opportunity to just be your social media cheerleader on the sidelines. Just like, okay, Maddie, <laughs> I see you. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's the same. It's the same on this side. It's always exciting when you have like an appearance or you have a new podcast that comes out. It's like rooting for you is you make it easy to cheer for you. So it, it's definitely been fun. Oh, I love that. You make it easy to cheer for you. Well, likewise, of course, at Redefining Wealth, we're based on six pillars. And one pillar in particular is the work pillar. And it's about living your life's purpose. And mm. when I think about people online that I really enjoy especially in social media. I have to say Instagram is my favorite place to play now. When I think about my favorite accounts on Instagram, Maddie James, you come up every time. And I think (laughs) what I love the most is I get the feeling that you are truly just living your life's purpose. Like this is Mm. purpose work. As much as we get to see you doing your thing with brands, because you are like also... Mm -hmm poster child for working with brands, I think for <laughs> most, most Black female creatives in particular, we're like, yeah, Maddie's the gold star here. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, sweet. That's sweet. Can you kind of talk about your evolution? Because I, I knew you, I first met you when you were a fashion blogger and then you yes. kind of became a mom and started mm-hmm. doing other things and you kind of flipped the script. So can you tell us about just your pivot and the evolution of Maddie James? Yeah. Um, well, I started blogging in 2010. I was really bad at it. And I always encourage people to just push through that because when you start, you're going to be bad at it. That's like, you know, that's like your uh, rites of passage. I've <laughs> like never heard anyone start out that way. I have never heard anyone really? say that. I started out and I was really <laughs> bad at it. <laughs> They're usually like I was an overnight success. Instant. <laughs> <laughs> And I love, I just love thinking about those days because when I just like even look back at old posts, I'm just like, girl, what were you thinking? So, you know, in 2010, it was just really new. And, you know, especially blogging here in Atlanta, it wasn't something that a lot of people were into yet, especially not from the fashion side. But I really believe there was just something in me was like, I can turn this into something big. I don't know what it could be, but I know I can turn it into something big. And I was newlywed at the time. I got married in 2009. Um, So I just, I won Miss Liberia USA in 2009 as well. So I had a few more eyes on me. And I really did start blogging very much as a hobby in like late 2008. And so now that I had more eyes on me, I went ahead and got a little bit more quote unquote serious about it. Mm -hmm. So I went ahead and I bought my domain and, you know, just did the best I could with what I knew. And when I got married, it was not working. And I just, you know, in my mind, I did, I was so convinced that I was going to be this overnight success and it did not quite happen as fast as I thought it would. So I went ahead and I got a, a, a nine to five as a showroom manager for a 
home decor company. And funny enough, when I got the nine to five, that is actually when things really started to take off for a little bit. I was at the nine to five for about three and a half years. But my first blog was Mattyology, which is, you know, if anybody followed me, you know, years ago, that's, you know, where they knew me from. And I really just focused on fashion. You know, I, I worked with, you know, fashion brands, you know, anybody from like H&M or, you know, Old Navy, really kind of focused more on that capacity of my life. But again, I was newlywed, did not have any kids, didn't even have a pet. So really, that was just the perspective I thought I should, you know, come from. Fast forward, I I ended up getting let go from my good job, you know, in 20... Was it 2015? Yeah, June of 2015. So I've been full time as a content creator and influencer since then. And I had my first daughter in 2014. And naturally, I was like, let me start sharing more of that version of myself, right? And funny enough that, you know, the brand partnerships from that capacity where it was focused more on my lifestyle versus just my closet style started to really, uh, you know, take off. And I realized like, you know what, it, maybe, maybe it is smart, you know, from a, from a place of discretion, of course, like to share my life. And I think the other thing was, For me, I already understood that there wasn't a lot of Black female content creators who were in a similar position that I was, let alone that, you know, you know, married and have a kid and and working at this level of my career. It was important so I could show my entire life to kind of say, you can do this too. You know, uh, a friend of mine a few years ago had shared my blog with a coworker and I was laughing because this coworker was just so underwhelmed by me. She was just like, well, I don't get it. She's just a regular black girl. And but I was like, that's the thing. Funny enough, that's the ticket, right? I am a regular black girl. You know, I live in Atlanta. I, you know, have a husband, you know, who I just like love and like at the same time, right? We have a lot of fun together. We have a family and we do these really normal things. We go on vacation, you know, we, we get together for Christmas and Thanksgiving and things like that. But I think that's the appeal. Because you see that from our, you know, major market counterparts or any other race other than us a lot of times in the digital space, especially. So to me, telling that story and making sure that that narrative was a norm, you know, in a sense, was really important to me. Um, But I do think I think motherhood changed the game for me. And, and, you know, and just really the journey of being a married Black millennial as well was really important to share that because I feel like we definitely don't see that a lot. Was it hard though, Maddie, to pivot and transition to that? Because I know that when you met me, I was also, and I think we met like, had to be early. We were both really early, like 2010. Yeah. I was a personal finance blogger and, you Mm -hmm. know, I went on to build a career and do really well in this personal finance space as an expert. But then when I started to feel that nudge, especially when people started to ask me different questions about, I would be like, well, what does this have to do with money? She asked me, do I wear a silk pajamas? (laughs) I started to get really, what I thought were just weird questions, but really my husband was like, well, people just want to know more of you off stage, Mm -hmm. off camera. What are you really like? And so when I thought about this pivot to redefining wealth, it was not an easy transition for me in my mind. Mm -hmm. I could not necessarily jump into giving myself permission was there any difficulty or was it because you had Maisa and you just start sharing more that it was a natural transition? 
You know, it, I think internally it was more difficult than it was externally for me, just like I think with anybody, right? I don't think any of us probably would have even known that you had trouble making that transition because it was like, well, duh, we want to know what you do, you know, because we love you. Um, but I think really early on as a content creator, I got that people care more about stories than they do about niche. So people wanted to know about the story of Maddie James more than they wanted to just only know what I wear. So like they cared about what I wear, but they also cared about what I ate, how I organized my day and what planner I used to organize my day and what I do for date night. And so what I realized is that the people who follow me are really attached to my story more than they are my niche. Some people who are like, you know, who might just like prefer you more for the money side or more for the fashion side or whatever. But for the most part, when people follow you, they're kind of interested in the kind of like the whole, the whole shebang. And so for me, that's what I got early on. And so it was like, okay, I have figured out how to tell the fashion and personal style story. How do I tell the mom story? How do I tell the, the wife story? For me, what I really tried hard to do is to be as organic and authentic as possible. It was really important to me to let that happen very naturally versus all of a sudden I'm a mommy blogger, you know, or all of a sudden I (laughs) blog about only about marriage, right? It's like, no, I blog about me being me. You know, I blog about the day, you know, the days in life of, of Maddie. And so once I understood that, I realized that that was my secret sauce, right? Like I could talk about everything as long as I was giving a very authentic perspective from the life of Maddie. So whether I was talking about how I save money to how I, you know, what products I use during bath time with Mesa or when I went to H&M during their sale, that was really what the secret sauce was. It was like, well, how did Maddie do it versus I can only talk about fashion or I can only talk about mommy stuff. Well, as someone who's watched you evolve, I love it. And I am so personally inspired by it. I love your little coffee maker going in the morning. Your Insta story, I'm like, okay, we switched over days. I'm two days behind, but I see what's going on here. Like, like, I love your Insta story, right? I don't have a problem with sharing different things. But Maddie, honestly, I forget. After the fact, I'm always like, oh, I probably should have shared that. Someone would have been. Right, right. Girl, I forget how you do it. (laughs) My phone is always 50 feet away from me. I am the worst with... Which is like such a great habit. I, you know, the way that I focus and get work done personally is by not having my phone ever near me or it's, you know, and then because of that, when I do go out, it's in my purse. It's in my backpack. Like I... Right. Nothing in me thinks to take it out until someone goes, we should take a picture. And then I'm like, oh, right. Yes. Right. You would think that right. I would right. get better with that. What a great habit to have where it's like, oh, my phone's not really around me because I feel like most of us have the opposite problem. I do have the mindset that everything is content. Mm-hmm. Every single thing. Like you will think the most mundane thing that you do, that those are the things that people are excited about. You're literally, I'm not even exaggerating. You're probably the seventh person this week who has told me that they get excited to see like the Keurig making the coffee every morning to kind of see how my day is going to go. I just laugh because I'm like, that's like the only thing I can think of that early in the morning. To do. <laughs> like I, I don't even have enough energy to give you guys a fake quote or even a question of the day. I tried to do a question of the day for like a week and I was like, I just don't have that much energy. Yet. You guys just get the coffee mug. What I realized is that everything is content. So whether it's like the lipstick I'm wearing, the mug that I'm pouring coffee in, things like that, where I think it's just regular life stuff, people want to know because people want to make their lives better. 
So if we right. have figured out a way to make your life better, people want to be a part of that so they can take that piece and apply it to their own life. And I don't take the platform that I have and the following that I have for granted. It is not lost on me that that's such a privilege. And so anytime I can sow a seed of light or betterment in somebody's life because I shared a piece of mine without it compromising or diluting my quality of life, I'm happy to do it. Oh, you better convict, Maddie. You better convict. <laughs> okay. I'm feeling personally convicted at this point. Thank you so much. No, that's true. Everything is content. And again, to your point, I it just, for years, it just never dawned on me that people would be interested. Because I think you started as a fashion blogger. So it was a look at me. Check out my outfit of the day, which I also enjoyed back mm-hmm. in the day. But, you know, mine was like, here's this money tip. That never requires right, 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 and right. You know, there's just been such a shift, especially with Instagram. It, it has really changed the game, and I think what I'm learning is that if you don't evolve as these platforms evolve, you're gonna have a mm-hmm. problem. I read it as a blog, but it may have been a podcast where you talked about the confidence of influencers. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it was a, a recent podcast that just yeah. Did. yeah where they about why kind of want to be influencers may not necessarily be having the success they want because they lack confidence. Can you kind of unpack that a little bit? Absolutely. So I think the thing that I'm really carrying with me as I, as I enter the next year is that we really got to start prioritizing mindsets. A lot of us are like, ooh, I want to make more money. Ooh, I want to be the most popular influencer and all of that. But do you have the mindset for that? And a lot of us lack confidence, not because we lack good things about us, but because we lack personal development. In any part of success of your life, right? Like financially, personally, professionally, it is any success that we have will mirror our personal development. And a lot of people are not becoming the influencers that they want to become because they're not looking at that as like a craft and something that they can personally develop at, right? A lot of people are just like, oh, I'm just going to throw this picture on Instagram and like, hopefully I should get likes. And it's like, well, how does this picture actually look in the midst of all of your other pictures? You know what I mean? Somebody asked a question where it's like, how much should I be paying a photographer to take pictures? And I was like, well, we got to actually start from the other standpoint. Have you found a photographer that takes photographs that you enjoy and that you would like? And then how much does that person charge? And is there a way for you to fit that in your budget, right? Does that mean that you eat out less that month? You know what I mean? Like you're going the other way around because what people want me to say to them, it's like, oh, you should only spend a hundred dollars, right? Because that's easy, right? Then it's like, I spent a hundred dollars, this person took my picture, I put it up and now nothing happened. And it's like, well, did you even like that person's pictures? Or did you ask somebody who you know would give you a deal or do it for you for free? Because we all know, we all know that you get what you pay for. And I'm not saying that you need to spend a thousand dollars on pictures, but we got to start asking questions again from the right perspective and from the right position. Find somebody whose pictures you like and admire. Is there a blogger or an influencer that you follow whose pictures you like? Who are they shooting with? Is that person within the vicinity of you? And can you actually afford that? You'd actually be surprised at actually how affordable these packages that these photographers offer are. But a lot of us don't want to ask because we automatically assume if something is good, it's too good for us. Or we automatically Ooh. assume that it's going to be out of our reach because we lack mindset, not because we lack resources. Oh, that's good, Maddie. 
And I love, I love that you talked about the prioritizing things. You may need to sacrifice some other things if this is what you want. Because what I say all the time in this work pillar is that from my personal finance background, I know that when you don't understand what your purpose is, it is truly a struggle to prioritize your personal Mm. finances. Many of us waste money trying to fill a void and that void comes from the unfulfillment of not knowing our purpose. But when you know your purpose, you're not going to squander money that could go towards those pictures or that website or whatever those different personal development things are you need or professional development that you need to get yourself to the next level. You're not going to waste it on another black dress. That has nothing to do with getting you to your purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, I love that. When you lack purpose, you will lack priority. And, you know, I think one of the things that is like, again, linear and directly tied into success is, is love or even being unsuccessful anyway is lack of urgency, right? If mm-hmm. you do not have a sense of urgency about, creating a budget for you to afford the photographer that you want or whatever it is that you are to like build your business or build your blog or brand, then yeah, there's probably a reason why you haven't become who you've always wanted to be because there isn't a sense of urgency, aka there is no priority um, because you lack purpose. You don't even know what you're doing this for because the followers can't be it, you know, because that's just such a surface goal, right? The followers can't be it. Now, why you're doing it for the followers, that's really what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And the issue is, is that so many times, especially in this world, right, a lot of us are so focused on the fruit, right? We're focused on the money. We're focused on this. We're focused on this. We're focused on this. And then sometimes people are like, okay, well, I know that to get fruit, you need seed. And so I just need to know what seed, you know, that I need to get and stuff like that. But we even got to go deeper than that. We got to get to the soil. What is the reason why? You, you even want to be successful. Why? Like, who are you willing to help? Who are you willing to better? Who are you willing to help to get to this place, right? So yes, you're, you absolutely have access to the fruit and stuff like that, but only if you're willing to do what's necessary in the soil, right? Yeah. And, you know, that, and that's the thing, right? Because I think a lot of times in, in many different conversations, I've had conversations about fruit and seeds, but we really need to start talking about soil. To me, the soil is the mindset. And until you get the mindset right, no matter what kind of seed you put in there, things are going to come up short. Right. I love that. And, you know, a lot of people want to just duplicate the fruit, right? So they want to mm. duplicate what they see on the surface, but their heart yep. is not right. Like, the, like you, right. to your point, the soil and the reasoning behind it is not right. So what it ends up looking like um, let me just say it how I'm going to say it. It looks like garbage. It looks disingenuous, yes. right? Like yes. we're looking at your stories or we're looking at your Instagram and it is so not authentic. It's like you obviously yeah. a lot of your photos are staged, but they don't feel staged. Yeah. And then you look at someone right, else's right, right. photo and you were like, she is trying way too hard because it just doesn't right. feel like even a natural position or a natural pose or something that you would actually right. be doing. It looks so forced, but I think that's the thing. When you're not certain of the soil, then it just does not come up. It just doesn't bear the same fruit. And then you look at other people and go, well, why is it working for them? Well, why are they getting all the brands or why are they getting all the speaking opportunities? I mean, even in your own, if you are in a corporate setting or something, so everyone's not an influencer on Instagram and we get that. sure. Even when you may look at a coworker and go, well, why does she keep getting promoted? What is the soil? I don't think people realize that 
the audience can tell? Absolutely. Audiences are really smart. I think that's the other thing that I, I think a lot of people who are, you know, wanting to start out in this influencer or, you know, blogger journey don't realize early on. Audiences are really smart, <laughs> you know, which is why we want them so bad, right? They're really smart. And they can see through the nonsense. They can see through it. You know what I mean? You can tell the difference between an organic apple and a not organic apple. <laughs> you just can you know, let's even go further, right? You can just like you can tell the difference between a wax piece of fruit. I was just gonna say and an actual wax. piece of fruit. Yep. You yeah, know, and a lot of people are putting out wax and mm-hmm. then wondering why nobody's eating it. And it's like, well, nobody likes to eat wax fruit, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's not what people do. People don't eat wax. People eat real food. You know, same thing. People digest real content. So if you're putting out something that isn't real, it's much better to eat in a real apple that might be a little bit bruised right? Than a super perfect baked piece of fruit. So focus on putting that real content out there, even if it has low engagement right now and stuff like that. You focus on putting out stuff that's really, really you. And the reason why that's important, right, is because when you put out content that's really you and you get better at making that content that's really you, what's going to happen is your following will inevitably grow as long as you're consistent. When your audience grows, they're growing with content that is really you versus you putting out this fake content, growing a following that thinks this is you. And then when you're deep enough into your, you know, your career and your journey and you realize you cannot put on airs anymore and you start putting out this real stuff, people are going to be like, who is this? <laughs> this is not who I, this is not what I, you know. So I think that's also something to think about. Social media is such a fickle place. But I think that's why mindset is so important, you know, because it's like at the end of the day, whether you have 500 followers or 500,000, your mindset should be in the right place to know that you are still worthy, whether or not you get high engagement or not, you know, like you are still a person who is worthwhile. Right. You're still worthy. And the truth is brands will still work with you. People will still hire you. Absolutely. Don't think that, oh, I don't have a hundred thousand or 200,000 or whatever this magical number is. Micro influencers get just as much work. Like and absolutely, you can make just as much money. And the real thing is, I'd I'd rather honestly have a real connection and uh, with my followers or with the people in my community than to have millions of followers and no one no one is moved anytime I say something. No one's faced. <laughs> like you know, I look <laughs> at people sometimes and I'm like, hmm. 100,000 followers, two comments. Now, either your people followed you and you fell off and they don't like you or right. or you bought all these people and these are Russian right. bots and they were not really... Right. And, and people, and people can tell that too, where it's like, mm, something's a little off here. Yeah, some, you know, you have 90,000 followers and like three people commented. It's not natural. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. That's a whole nother story. I don't know why people a whole think nother, they, That's a... That's a, that's another podcast episode where we could go on for like two hours in the rabbit hole. Right. A whole other thing. Well, one of the big things that I love about the pivot that you took is that it includes your family so much. Um, and you have been really transparent about different things in your family. And one in particular is, um, you know, we share this in common and I hope you don't mind me sharing it here, but you talked of about course, it. Of course not on Instagram that you and your husband, Chris, separated back in 2016. And and you, you know, through your new or you're not new because Maddie and Chris was out before, but you just yeah. re, 
launched, I guess, Maddie and Chris, your podcast. And just my husband and I both listened and we both were, we were also separated in 2016. And I think the greatest joy for me after you shared a bit about that on your anniversary was just, you know, the first thing that came to mind was, I just love God for restoration. Like I love Mm. that you have created a space where you could share something so intimate with mm-hmm. your audience and the love that you received. And the mm-hmm. I mean, that was really one of the things too, for me, that made me want to invite you on the podcast. I love you, of course, from a distance. Oh, but that was you. one of those, you know, you just have another level of connection and for sure. loved that you shared that in the outpouring of love, because I just feel like people also need to see what real relationships look like. And that real relationship go through ups and downs, twists and turns. But when two people are committed, it can be so Mm -hmm. much sweeter on the other side, better than it was before whatever happened. I just just love that you guys shared that. What what gave you the courage, I guess, or what created the space for you to be able to open up about that? It's really important to me and Chris to be uh, transparent, like I said, without it uh, diluting uh, our quality of life or, you know, violating privacy of our marriage. But it was really important to us, one, to be visible as, you know, a millennial black married couple. Like that's something that we that I at least don't see often or as much as I would like to see. But what was also important was like, I wasn't interested in making you think that everything is sunshine and rainbows. Good, healthy marriage is so worth it. It is so fulfilling. It absolutely, to me, um, has to do with like, you know, just the success of my life. You know, this is something that I'm really proud of, but it is a lot of work. And that if you want to be married, which is great, you know, if you want to be married, then this is the kind of work that you're going to have to do. And that also that it takes two people like, you know, like, because, you know, getting separated is intense. It really, really is intense, especially if you have children. And I think one of the, the, the thing that like makes me tear up every single time is that I remember my husband looked at me. He was like, I just really, really believe that we're worth fighting for. And as long as you are with somebody who is willing to do the work and you're willing to do the work, you will be good. You really, really, really will be good. And again, it is that mindset, that soil work, right? Because I also had to remember that like our marriage is in fact creating fruit. And so, um, and another thing that, you know, we both believe in and know that are very real things are generational curses are are real things, just like generational blessings. And so- the decisions I made absolutely were, were going to affect the relationships that my daughter had. You know, we, we, we had one daughter at the time when we separated, we now have two girls, but the choices we make in our marriage are the foundation. They're going to be the leading examples of relationships to my daughters. And, I, you know, I think there's, there's so many, there's so much stuff out there, right? To say, well, you don't, you don't have to stay in it for the kids or anything like that. But for me, that absolutely was a big thing. I stayed in it for my husband, stayed in it for myself, but I absolutely stayed in it for, you know, my now children, because it's like the way I handled this was absolutely going to affect, you know, my, my oldest forever, absolutely forever. And us staying together is affecting them and, and, you know, in a great way. And also understand that people relate to people who look closer to them. 
So I get it. Like, you know, I come from both me and my husband come from parents who are married, but my parents only get so much of our married relationship because they didn't have social media around, you know, neither one of them was an entrepreneur when they were married and stuff like that. So also me sharing my story, hopefully it gives somebody hope because their marriage looks similar to mine. They're close in age as me. Um, and, and maybe they didn't come from a married household. So they're really looking for, you know, an example or even just a glimmer of hope. So it's really important to us to be honest and authentic in that journey. And to know that just because it's hard doesn't mean it's impossible. Right. Oh, I love that. I would say for us as well, I realize that, first of all, when I look back now on that time and I think about, you know, I, I joke about it on the podcast. They've heard me say, I don't know how many times, you know, every once in a while you got to Google apartments and just, you know, understand what the going yep. rates are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's a two bath, oh, yeah. bath in this area, please? Like, and that's where I was in 2016. And when I yeah. think about where we are today and I look back mm-hmm. on that time, I'm like, I, I just, I can't help but thank God. I'm like, I would have blown up my entire life and marriage and family oh, yeah. for something that was completely, completely fixable. And to your point, you know, when we got married, we talked a lot about the fact that we both come from, you know, broken marriages or relationships. Mm-hmm. My parents were never married. Mm-hmm. And so we talk ab- about that and we always had this thing, no plan B. We would say it and it was mm-hmm. at first. Mm-hmm. And then when you really mm-hmm. get tested, it's like, okay, yep. and it's time to pull out that no plan B. Is that still, right? you know, right. what you believe? Is that still what you feel? And man, right. again, just the power of restoration when two people are really committed to doing the work. And, you know, for us, putting God first and using prayer, but also not discounting the power of therapy and couples counseling. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Regularly. Oh, yeah. Just to stay on track. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, for us now, it's just like, you know, it's like an oil change, right? It's like, okay, let's let's head to, to the doctor real quick and just, you know, make sure we, everything is fine-tuned and everything's great. Because, you know, and, and we said this on the podcast, it's like prayer is a very real thing. We, we pray very, very consistently, but so is doing the work, you know, like therapy, like communicating, speaking each other's love languages, making, you know, going out on date nights and, and cleaving to one another. And again, just a, just a perspective, you know, shift as well. You know, now my goal as a wife personally is like how, like I'm trying to like outlove my husband, right? Like if you try to, if you're, if your goal in your home is to outlove one another, gosh, what an amazing place to be. Cause then that spills over to your family. Just an in- incredible place to be. So I just try to outlove him. And I he's really it. good. So I feel like I come up short all the time. <laughs> no, I love that. And ours is to outserve. You know, like everyone in my family, Maddie, knows that I am not the most domestic. Like I could never do the <laughs> do with food because that's, that's not my ministry. But my husband <laughs> is so appreciative of whatever efforts I do make in the kitchen. Right. Like you he, he don't care if mm-hmm. he's frozen out the bag. The fact that I did it, that I heated it up, right. I and don't right. let me because I won't use the microwave directions because that doesn't feel real. I have to do it on stovetop or in the oven, right? Like that's my version <laughs> of going all the way. But if he yes, comes I like in it. and it's something he smells something, he's like, mm-hmm. Hey, you would think, girl, I had thrown down. Okay. 
things. <laughs> you know, but and I I don't like it. It's not me. Like it doesn't come naturally to me. But my goal right, is to right, right. serve. My goal is to just make sure that the things that I know makes him happy. That you know, mm-hmm. I do those things so that he's always full, and he does the same in return. I mean, he will yeah. bust some dishes, some laundry. I don't worry about putting gas in my car, random flower. Like, yes, yes. And it's both ways. Yeah. How and, and my daughter even participates. Like she, you know, in yeah. her own way, she is learning at this age to go over and above. So she'll do things like, Mom, Absolutely. I did this. And while a part of me, you know, my grandma back in the day, you know, Belizean granny would have been like, so that's what you're supposed to do. It's a chore. Like, that's right, 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 right. You know, we we do praise her for being helpful so that she continues to be helpful. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some big to do. Um, but I just love that. I love the example that you get to set for your girls. And I love that, again, you were so open about that because I think for many of us, it did create another layer of connection with you and to mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. who are entrepreneurial and young, black and married with children and to hear them say, right. yes, we went through something. And then it was the same year. So that really threw me into something. But like, yeah, I yeah, was like, yeah. see, it was That's something so in the water in 2016 though. Yeah, <laughs> 2016 was one of those years where you're like, what, what was happening? Right, like, you know, but you know. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So. But like you said, thank God for restoration. And, you know, and I said this, you know, when we were before we started recording, but, you know, the, the amazing thing about God is that he loves us enough to give us free will. So the restoration is absolutely there, but only if you choose it, you know, only if you choose him to restore you, you know, mm-hmm. it is not just going to happen. Um, there does have to be a level of decisive action. Um, even when you deal with God, he needs to know because he just needs to know that you're serious. So then yeah. he can. He, so there can be some serious restoration and serious um, miracles in your life, really. Well, I always say God knows what you're waiting on when he sees what you're working on. He can slide in and put his super on your natural, but both parties have to be willing. And I think as a wife, yeah. it has been so refreshing to see my husband doing the work in so many yep. different areas and not doing the work to save his marriage, doing the work because mm-hmm. he wants to be better, doing the work right, right, right. God and, and stand in his role as a husband and a father and all those things. And that is, it's refreshing. And it's that thing that makes me yeah. want to overserve. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so encouraging, man. You know, and like, you know, that's who we, we, we spend the most time with, you know, we share space with. So when you, you see them doing the work, you know, when I see my husband doing the work, whether it's being in the word, um, you know, uh, taking his personal development seriously, uh, working out any of those things, uh, it trickles down on me, you know, mm-hmm. it, it definitely influences me, you know, so I don't take that lightly. And, you know, I'm really thankful. And it's something that, you know, for me, I, I'm like, and I'm an eternal optimist. So for me, I just love to let people know that it's possible. Like something could have been bad, but now you can make it good because you decided to do the work. And you get to define that for yourself because some people absolutely may, may believe they know the bad and then make a whole story about why you can't be restored or make it good. Not about what mm-hmm. other people think or say or feel. I think that's that's something powerful as well. Well, I'm definitely going to link to Maddie and Chris in the show notes because you have two new fans, Gerald and Patrice Washington. <laughs> yes. Tuning in. 
Um, before I let you go, though, every episode that we have a guest, we ask what we call Redefining Wealth Rapid Wisdom Questions. So I'm going to ask you a few things. Tell us the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. How do you define success? Mm, that's a good one. Success to me is purpose realized and actualized, you know, consistently working on making my purpose a reality. Because anytime I fulfill my purpose, I am honoring anything and everything that's important in my life, right? So it, it, it's not tied to profit. It is like, you know, a, a follower of mine said that I'm a good news spreader, you know, and I, and I don't take that lightly. So to me, that is my purpose, spreading the good news. And me sharing with you how I restored my marriage, that's me spreading the good news. Me sharing with you how I made six figures working with brands, being myself, that's sharing the good news. So anytime I'm sharing the good news, that's my success because that's me uh, realizing and actualizing my purpose. I love that. I love it. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Ooh, wealth. Fulfillment, overflow, purposeful. Love it. What's one book <laughs> that has redefined how you see wealth? Ooh, um, you are a badass at making money. Girl, yes. Um, I just got done reading that. Yes. I literally just ended that. I finished it last week. Yeah. And it's just got my mindset on a new wave. Like, I'm like, Girl. oh my gosh. I was like, if you guys thought I was doing it before, I'm going to kill y'all after reading this book. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> so. I'm going to keep it real too. In reading that book in one month, I like doubled my income. Like yeah. double, like my, my whole mindset started to shift. That's a whole nother conversation yeah. we'll have offline. But oh, yeah. I have what's called Patrice's yeah. Pod Club. And so I have a group Ooh. of women in my community who are reading with me. We even went through the different challenges because so many of us grew up yeah. not being comfortable mm-hmm. with talking about money the way Jen Senseto does in this book. Yeah. My uh-huh. God. Love it. Girl, yes. 2019. Yeah, it's don't, so good. don't play. It's, it's oh, yeah. Play. I'm so, yeah. I'm so excited. Like the streams of income just that like were created in my head after reading that book. I'm like, yes. it's a done deal okay my name is and for me the truth about wealth is my name is maddie james and the truth about wealth is it has nothing to do with profit and everything to do with purpose come on girl you better wrap (laughs) that thing up yes that is redefining wealth maddie thank you so much i enjoyed you so much and i know that this conversation is going to be such a blessing thank you for being here Thank you, Patrice. I appreciate you so much. Did you hear that? Oh, my gosh. I know if you especially if you're an influencer, a micro influencer, brand influencer, whatever you want to call yourself, you're looking to build a platform in particular online. I really hope that you tapped in to some of the gems that Maddie talked about. First of all, any success we have is mirrored by personal development. I thought that was so good. And I really did. When I said I felt convicted, you guys, when she said any time that she can make someone's life better because she shared a piece of hers, man, that is what makes her a powerful woman. And I'm so glad that I kicked off this series with her. Please make sure that you head to social media and show Maddie James some love. I really believe that she poured her all into what she offered during this episode. And so we want to make sure that we show her the love that we do here at Redefining Wealth. I would love to chat with you more about this episode. So make sure you hit me up as well in social media. Seek Wisdom PCW. 
And remember, if you are a solopreneur or run a small business and you are looking for a way to amplify your message, don't forget that we are highlighting you on this podcast, no longer reserved for big companies with big budgets. If you have a message that you need to get in front of a genuinely engaged audience of just amazing women in particular, and it fits into one of our pillars, then let's see if it's a fit. Just go to patricewashington.com slash podcast ads. That's patricewashington.com forward slash podcast ads. Check it out. Let's see if it's a fit. You're welcome to apply and let's make it a win-win. I want you to go and live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later.